Matthew 13. Parable of the sower, Matthew 13. That same day, Jesus went out of the house and sat by the lake. Such large crowds gathered around him that he got into a boat and sat in it while all the people stood on the shore. Then he told them many things in parables. He said, Farmer went out to sow a seed. As he was scattering the seed, some fell among the path. And the birds came and ate it up. Some fell on rocky places where it did not have much soil at all. It sprang up quickly because the soil was shallow. But when the sun came up, the plants were scorched and they withered because they had no root. Other seed fell among thorns, which grew up and choked the plants. Still other seed fell on good soil, where it produced a crop, 160 or 30 times what was sown. He who has ears, let him hear. The book of Ephesians, chapter 1. Last week there was a piece of drywall up here on a stand. And we went through this passage, and we talked about all the blessings with which God has blessed us in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus. And I remember at one point, I was standing over here, and I turned, and I was making the point about how many of them there were, and I turned around, and I said, there's one, two, three, four, five, and I started counting, and I realized there was way too many to count. So I stopped counting, and I just said, oh, okay, I'm done counting. But we continued to talk about all those blessings with which God had blessed us, and after this, the lesson... I was standing over here out of the aisle, and Cameron Wise, who is, how old is Cameron? Seven. Thanks, Trev. Cameron Wise comes over to me, and he's got big glasses. He walks over and he goes, Kelly, there were 18 of those blessings on the board. (laughs) Because after I finished counting, he kept counting, obviously. And so he... He had it down. He nailed all those blessings. And I was so blessed by the fact that Cameron did that. Not only was he listening, but he was, he was thinking about the blessings with which God has blessed us. And indeed, you look at this first chapter of Ephesians, it's wonderful. As Paul lays out all these beautiful blessings. And I didn't make a big point of this last week, but you notice in verse 3, he says, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. That is the theme verse. Like clearly, that sets us up for all the blessings that are going to come. And it's just so beautiful that he does that. Well, there was an assignment last week. And I'm not going to look for a show of hands or anything of all of those who did the assignment, but I gave you an assignment. I said, I want you to read through verses 3 through 14, and I want you to think about all of those blessings, all 18 of them we now know, and think about what this means for your life. What does it mean for you that you have been blessed in this way in Jesus Christ. Because the blessings are profound. And they're significant. And they should have meant something to us. Well, I'm not going to ask you to raise your hands and shout out the blessings and what you received from them. But I have asked three people if they would come and if they would share with us the kind of things that this passage has meant for them. And so I'd like for Carrie, if she would for Carrie Clark to come first, and she's just going to share for us uh, some things that she thought about with reflecting on verses 3 through 14 of Ephesians 1 
and the blessings that she has received. Thanks, Carrie. There's advantages and disadvantages to going first, I think. <laughs> um, thank you for giving me the opportunity. And um, I pray that you don't hear me, but that you'll see past my blunders to see God and what he's done for our family. In my life, I've fallen in love four times. I fell in love the first time deeply with a man who I still love dearly, Jordan, my husband. I learned then what love could look like. I fell in love a second time when I fell in love with my son, Peyton, who's now five, and who we've endured a lot with, and I love him very deeply, with a different kind of love, but a true love nonetheless. I fell in love a third time when I fell in love with my son, Drew, who was born nearly three years ago now. And I love God even more now because our, we had to relinquish our younger son, Drew, to his arms. And because of everything that God's taught us through that experience, I think that I've truly fallen in love with God. I liked God before that, but I'm overwhelmed by God's love now. So if you ask me what in this passage in Ephesians does it mean to me, personally, and to our family? What do these things that God's done in Christ and through and because of him, does it mean to me? I have gone in the last year from feeling adopted and wondering if I fit into this family that I am a part of, to feeling chosen by him, to feeling fully and fully, fully embraced by his love. The way that I believe, if I was to adopt a child, I would want them to feel towards me. I also believe that in feeling that chosenness, um, I don't believe, actually I have a bit of a different perspective on this, but I don't believe that God chose our family specifically to go through that experience. But that because... He chose us to be part of his family. He has, his sufficiency has guided us through this. And so when I look at the passage that Kelly read and blessed all the spiritual blessings that we have through that passage, I tell you this story of what it means to be part of this family and to be a part of those blessings. If I was a parent walking along and I had a child who was a toddler just taking their first uncertain steps, yet to take any on their own, and they reached out to take their own steps, pulling from your embrace. You would let them go, but you wouldn't let them go without knowing what was going to happen to them. You'd know that they would likely take uncertain steps, and so you'd hold on until they were ready to let go. they take their first uncertain steps, and as they go, you watch them, proud to see them go, but nervous to see them falter. When they take the first stumble that must come, they stumble, they fall to their hands. You get down, and what do you do as a parent? With every fiber of your being, you are there for that child. You get down, you pick that child up, you dust the hands off that have dirt on them, you inspect the cut on the knee that's cut, you take them inside, clean it off, put the Band-Aid on it, write a smiley face on the Band-Aid, and embrace them fully, letting them know they're okay, and you still believe in them. And then, 
When you're done comforting them, you help them. You get back up, you go back out, you hold their hand, and you walk again. And you encourage them along, and you say, I believe in you. You can do this. When you're ready, you let go. To us, because of the blessings God's given us in this passage, what it means to me is that God, in life happening, came around our family through you and through whatever means possible and fully embraced us, showing us what it means to be a part of this family of God. Because he chose us, because he adopted us, and more than adopted us, chose us, he has given us more than we could ask. Because we have redemption and forgiveness, I can claim that chosenness. Through him, he's made known the mystery, which explains the inexpressible joy Kelly was talking about, that I have felt more days than I have felt sorrow for my son. Praise the Lord. Because his plan is perfect, I have peace. Because he included me, marked me, and claimed me as as his own, I belong, and I was made for his glory. And because of that, he guarantees my inheritance, and I praise God for that every day. And I'm grateful that he's holding not only my son Drew in his arms, but my family. Mm. Thank you very much. Uh, that was wonderful. Uh, next, Dars, you want to come and share with us? I asked Darcy if he would also talk about the same passages and, and just talk about what it means for uh, for God to bless him. And it's so wonderful to hear Carrie share. And it's so wonderful to know that the gospel that we've received in Jesus so directly impacts our lives. Thank you very much, Carrie. I feel like I'm giving a sermon, but I'll keep it short. <clears throat> um, it's funny, Kelly asked me to do this. I was in and out of the lesson last week, so I had to get him to send me the notes and stuff, but I did read the passage a number of times, and it really did touch me. Um, for most of the men here who had been at men's retreat last fall, we went through the Holy Spirit. That was what our, our weekend was about. And so I really focused on the end of the uh, passages, 12, 13, 14, when it says we were marked with the seal, the Holy Spirit. And it really touched me, and it still does, to think that I have a piece of God inside me. So I went back and I was, I was looking at Acts 2, thinking, you know, when Jesus left the apostles, they stayed and prayed for a long time. And they were marked in a much more visible way than I've been marked. Um, they were in an upper room and a tongue of flame came and hovered above their head. That never happened to me. I was baptized 22, 23 years ago. I... I I didn't have any physical manifestation that the Holy Spirit came into me. But I believe that when I came out of that water, it's in there. And so that seal that now resides somewhere in me is so encouraging to me. I'm not worthy to have a piece of God in me, but I do. And I know that I have promises. I have blessings that I'll never, never earn but I've got them through the grace of God. So you look at the bottom. The only reason I have what I have is because God gave it to me freely. But he's given me that seal, the Holy Spirit, that says, I'm going to make mistakes. I'm going to make a lot of mistakes. But I have a piece of God within me that will overcome those mistakes. So I, 
I love reading the Bible. I don't do it as much as I want, but I'm glad Kelly asked me to go through this because I've thought about this before, but not in as much depth as I have since she asked me. So uh, I really hope that you all feel that you have a seal inside you that gives you a connection to God that you might not see in people who are, are of the world and not of God's family. Mm. Thanks, Stars. One of the things I've noticed in, uh, in both what Carrie said and what Darcy said is the notion of assurance and how God, in giving us these blessings, has given us an assurance in Him uh, which is just so, uh, it's so solid, so, so dependable, so encouraging. Uh, it's going to take us through some difficult times and, and hold us up because of His assurance. Last, I've asked Chris Bailey if she would come and share with us what was meaningful to her out of this passage. I'd much rather be at the back there in my room. It's not always comfortable, but it's familiar. (laughs) This is not familiar. Um... It took me quite a while to put this together, and it isn't um, anything. Don't turn me up too loud, Bruce. (laughs) I will try and speak up so you don't have to do that. Anyways, these are just some thoughts that I've written down. Um, I will start with the verse 3 that um, really hit me or struck me. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. God, the creator of all that is holy, beautiful, and pure, has not held anything in reserve. I am chosen. He has chosen me. It is not happenstance that I am his. He has been purposeful and active in wanting me. He, the God and creator of all that is holy, beautiful, and pure, wants me. Despite my warts, my weaknesses, my fickle ways, my ugliness, he wants me. Oh, the joy that comes when you know that you are wanted. Sorry. Not only does he want me, but he also thinks that I am worth the cost of making sure that I am perfected. I am worth the cost to him personally that it takes to make me holy and blameless before him. The fact that the God and creator of all, the God who has all things at his command, thinks that I'm worth all this, tells me that I, am, that I am important to him. The God and creator of all that is holy, beautiful, and pure thinks I am important. I feel important to him. He has chosen me, perfected me, and adopted me. God has not held anything in reserve. I am not a guest. I am his, and he is mine officially. Sorry. I carry his name and the privilege of being heir to the king. I've been given privilege. Mm -hmm. The God and creator of all that is holy, beautiful, and pure has held nothing in reserve. Mm -hmm. The God and creator of all that is holy, beautiful, and pure has redeemed me through his beloved son. He has held nothing in reserve. He has given given it all. The most precious life of his only son has been given for me for my redemption. I am humbled. He has chosen me and entrusted me with everything, every spiritual blessing 
the greatest blessing being that of his gift of his beloved son. He has entrusted me the gift of the redemptive power of his son. God has held back nothing. He has risked it all for me. The creator of all, not only has he given all that is pure and holy for my inheritance as heir, but he has pursued me from the very beginning in order that he may give me every spiritual blessing. He has and does actively seek me. He loves me. He wants me, and I am important to him. I am humbled. As if the giving of his son to die for me wasn't enough, he has guaranteed his precious blessings by sealing himself to me through his spirit. I am unworthy, but God loves me and wants me. His amazing grace, his greatest riches that he has so freely given to me calls me to task. What does that mean to me? Do I take my blessings and hide them away, reveling in my riches? No. If I am the person that I am called to be by the very nature of my inheritance, by the very nature of being called child and heir of God, I have no other response but that of upholding my father's reputation and honor. The privilege of the blessings that I have received must not be hid away and hoarded. The grace that God has so freely shown me through his son must flow through me. If I am to truly honor my father, my inheritance, and all that God has risked for me, it cannot be taken for granted. In fact, I mock God and all that he has done for me if I am not willing to share the blessings of his grace that he has entrusted to me. The grace that I give cannot be a cheap grace. It must be actively pursuing a grace that actively seeks to find a rich and full grace. God, you have blessed me with every spiritual blessing, and I know that includes the courage to act accordingly. As your heir, please forgive me when I forget my family's honor and do not act accordingly. Wow. Um, Not only have we seen these three uh, talk so revealingly about their lives and about what Christ means to them, but to talk so profoundly about what Christ means for them. And Chris, that was wonderful, you know, for you to describe the depth of the response of your heart to what he has done for you. I mean, it it is just, it's so wonderful to see that we have people, and I'm sure this is the majority of us, who take so deeply and think so deeply about the things that God has done for us. Is Is it not a blessing to be in Jesus? Is it not an incredible blessing to have received what we have from God. And it's and it's indeed not just a blessing that is uh, in the heavenlies, as he says in verse 1, in the clouds. But these are blessings that come right into our lives and that touch us deeply. So thank you very much to the three of you for sharing today the ways in which it impacts you for God to bless you. Now we could go again, I, I won't do this, I, I could go and say, hey, raise your hand and tell me all the blessings that you received in going through this passage this morning. 
I, I hope that you did this. I hope that you went through and looked at those verses this week and that they impacted you and that you had to think seriously about what it means for you to receive these blessings in Jesus. If you didn't, then please do that this week. I, I think, again, I think you'll be greatly blessed if you take that opportunity. But let me just finish this way. If we have received these things in Christ, and indeed we have, our lives are not the same. They can't be the same if you have received the blessings. When God gives his people these kinds of gifts, when he can enumerate all 18 and say, this is what I've done for you in Christ Jesus, then every one of us should be able to look at who we are because of Jesus and have seen something so wonderful that it can't help but come out in us constantly. We have been changed. We've been transformed by what God has done for us. Which means that this is never, this is never just going to church. This is never just being part of a group of people with a common identity. It's that, but it's so much more than that. This special blessing that God has given us in Christ makes it possible for us to live the kind of life because he has blessed us that there is no people on earth who should be living the kind of life we have received except for those who, like us, have received it. Now, doesn't that make you want to take this wonderful life that we have in Jesus and share that and make that available to others? We have this beautiful foundation that God has laid and we have a chance to say to our world, this is for you too. Oh, I pray we do. Let's pray together. Lord God, thank you. Thank you for the privilege and the blessings, every spiritual blessing being ours in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus. Thank you that we are yours. Thank you that we're chosen. Thank you that we're made holy, blameless in your sight. Thank you that we receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Thank you for forgiveness. Thank you for redemption. Thank you for the, the foreordaining of us in you. Thank you for the rejoicing that is ours. Thank you for the mystery that has been revealed. Thank you, God, that we stand as a part of this fellowship in you. Oh, we praise you and we thank you this morning. Lord Jesus, it's in your name we pray. Amen. Let's stand and sing with grateful hearts this morning. <laughs>